Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Invest Like a Boss. I'm, this is Sam. I'm sitting here with Johnny. and We are once again in Chiang Mai, and we're doing podcast number two, last podcast we talked about uh, my investment strategy and kind of an introduction to what we're going to be diving into on this podcast. And on this one, we're very excited to talk about Johnny's strategy. Um, Johnny? Yeah, I'm excited to be uh, back on this. And don't worry, it's not just going to be me and Sam every single episode, but I thought it'd be a great idea to start it with our journeys before we kind of you know, deep dive into professional investors as well as other entrepreneurs that we both know. I think that's what's going to make this podcast so good is we both have a good network of you know, people who are young, they're, they're rich, they're investing very differently than our parents did. Um, but here is how I got started and what I do with my money. So a few years ago, literally three years ago, I had no money. I was broke. I've been broke for the last 10 years. Uh, never made more than a couple, know, maybe $10,000 a year uh, for the last eight years or so. And my whole goal was to make so little money, I would not have to... Uh, even file tax return just because I didn't want to deal with it. I just mm-hmm. wanted to to chill, scuba dive, live cheaply, travel cheaply. Uh, in the last three years, I've built numerous online businesses, including uh, multiple dropshipping stores. Uh, one, which I've actually just sold uh, for a big, uh, not as big as Sam's uh, windfall, but for me, it's, <laughs> it's the biggest paycheck I've ever gotten. Uh, so I made about $60,000 from selling that business. That's awesome. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Congratulations. I, I appreciate it, man. And what's... Cheers. Even, <laughs> cheers to that, man. Sticking uh, true to tradition, we, we have whiskey with us instead of wine this time, so... Yeah. And today's whiskey is... Uh, it's actually a Scotch whiskey, but it's manufactured or imported by a Thai distillery. It's called Benmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually very cheap for for scotch whiskey and you can get it at 7-Eleven. And it's available at 7-Eleven, <laughs> which is the most important thing. Yeah, uh, but it's actually very tasty uh, and you can get a liter of it for like 500 bucks, like 15 bucks, mm-hmm. but it's, it's tasty. So if you guys are ever in, in Thailand, make sure you guys check out the Benmore Four Cass, which is a blended scotch whiskey. Mm, delicious. Uh, anyway, uh, since we're not getting sponsored by any of these whiskey companies, we're just buying it ourselves. <laughs> Let's get back to the topic. So I want, like, I think what's, what's so relevant to so many of the people listening is that just to recap what you what you just stated mm-hmm. to echo the importance is you went from basically nothing to having very significant passive income streams mm-hmm. where now you have a great lifestyle and you're able to keep your cost in moderation and invest probably at least half of what you make maybe even more mm-hmm. um, every single month and exploring all those new vehicles of investment that you're able to take advantage of with the whole digital age. So that's what I want to hear about. Yeah, exactly. So to kind of sum that part up, zero, zero dollars to about 5,000 and then $10,000 passive income every month. Mm-hmm. But because the cost of living is so low in Chiang Mai, I never spend more than a thousand or $1,500 mm-hmm. a month. So, you know, three quarters of that just goes into a savings account. So I just started watching my bank account. So I went from having 200 bucks in my bank account to having about 30,000. Uh, which I wrote about in my book called Life Changes Quick. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was my first goal. I wanted to be a, a Thai millionaire, just having $30,000. And it's funny that it was such a big challenge for me uh, to get that first 30K. Mm-hmm. But since then, it's been very easy to, to or, stack that Or up. another way to say is that to get that first 1 million bot. Yeah, the first million bot. <laughs> yeah. uh, still on my way, you know, trying, um, pushing towards being a US dollar millionaire, mm-hmm. like my buddy Sam here. Mm-hmm. But having these investment vehicles that we're going to talk about is helping a lot because just by having all of these, you know, having cash in the bank doesn't really do much. You know, if anything, we're losing money through inflation. Uh-huh. Um, but we will talk about why I do keep cash in the bank uh, as well as all the things that I, I've, I've tried and what I currently have my money in. Uh, so we can start with uh, Charles Schaub, which is the very first thing that I ever invested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I signed up for Shab isn't because I wanted to buy stocks. It's actually because they have a ATM card that lets you withdraw money from any ATM around the world with no fees. Mm-hmm. Do you have that? I don't. And I know a lot of people that do have that. And the cost savings are astronomical. If you don't have foreign bank accounts and you're living internationally, I know personally I spend at least $1,500 a year 
just on ATM withdrawals. So it's something that's been on my board, and I think it's a really smart idea for anyone who's going to be spending time internationally. Yeah, or even if you're not, it's, it's a great to have as a backup ATM card mm-hmm. in case you do go somewhere that has crazy ATM fees. If you go to a strip club and they want to charge you $8 for the withdrawal, <laughs> or if you travel somewhere and they, your bank back home is going to charge you, the bank in you know, whatever country is going to charge you, uh, and it's free. Uh, but it worked for them because not only did I get their ATM card, when I started buying stocks, I figured, well, I already have an account with them. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to buy a stock, let me just buy it through them. And the only stock I own is Facebook. Boom. Tell me you got in a year ago. So, uh, big shout out to my buddy JP, uh, who gave me the stock tip. He basically said to me, he said, the numbers don't make sense. Uh, Facebook's earnings, uh, year to, you know, you know, yearly earning report is super high. So mm-hmm. it means they're a profitable company, but people are not, the stock price doesn't reflect it. Mm-hmm. So he studies this a lot more than I do. Uh, he's my first mentor. Uh, and, I knew him back in California just through a, a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And he invested a lot of his own money. I think he invested over a million dollars of his own money in Facebook. Wow, that's significant. So I said, okay, well, if you're going to invest a million, I could probably invest $1,000. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have that. Yeah. Uh, so I bought at, bought at $78. Incredible, because I bought it at 77 Oh, yeah. And oh. It, so we must have bought around the same time. It was like summer, like two yeah. years ago or something. So I'm curious what you did next, because you're going to, you might hate me for, for, um, for what happened next, but mm-hmm. it started dropping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, oh my God, Facebook's dropping. I just, I'm gonna lose my investment of $1,000. Mm-hmm. I am screwed. Because back then, to me, $1,000 was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, half of my net worth or something. <laughs> right. And I thought, okay, let me uh, let me set a, uh, a sell um, at, I think I set it at $69. So I said, okay, if it drops below 69, I'm gonna cut my losses, I'm gonna get out so I don't lose that much money. <laughs> And luckily, I posted that on Facebook. And this is what's so great about having a network of friends or social media mm-hmm. is people will chime in. And some people have no idea what they're talking about, but then some people are super smart. Uh, and a friend of mine named Ed from Hong Kong, he, uh, he messaged me. I think he, he first you know, replied a comment, and then mm-hmm. he probably messaged me. He's like, hey, Johnny, you've helped me a lot in the past with other things. So this is something I know about. I want to help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, some anonymous random people on my, on my blog as well have commented the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they said never sell when it's low that's that's how you lose money that's number one rule never lose and he said never set a a sell um and they kind of explain it as if you hold on to it if it goes up you never lost anything Mm -hmm. you just made money uh if anything you should be buying more as it goes down Mm -hmm. and i said i talked to jp about it i said what are you gonna do are you gonna sell that it's the the price is plummeting from 78 dollars down to 69 and lower and i just thought Man, if this keeps dropping, I'm screwed. So SJP said, like, hey, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to buy more. So I said, okay, I'll buy more. So I set some more to buy at $58. So I bought another $1,000 or so. Mm-hmm. And it kept dropping. Dropped down to 55 And this is like half my money gone. This is half of my net worth just disappearing because, you know, the Facebook stock was, was devaluing. You know, JP, like, what are you going to do? He said, I'm buying more. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm buying more. So I put in pretty much all my money that I had uh, in savings at the time. And I ended up buying 200 shares of Facebook total. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time, I think, so let's see, 200 times, I think on average I paid 57 for it. Uh, so about $10,000 worth. Wow. So you got in quite early compared to most people. <laughs> I know a lot of people that got in at like 110 and, yeah. and over 100. But um yeah, that's, that's been for sure one of the winners in, in my personal stock holdings over the last few years. And also got a, a stock tip from my buddy who got me in right before the earnings report and um, have held it ever since. So with Schwab, that's specifically for your ATM international purposes. It's also a bank account. And then you're also holding one stock in it, one right? Stock, yeah. But if you decide to own more individual stock, that would be the vehicle that yep, you would use. Exactly. Right? So. Currently, uh, Facebook is worth $120, mm-hmm. so uh, I doubled my money. So it's now worth, that $10,000 I put in is worth $24,000. Uh, so I'm pretty happy with that. Very good. Um, but even though I hit it big with Facebook, mm-hmm. I no longer uh, buy individual stocks, and I actually don't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Even with stock tips, I, I just got lucky. I know 100%, I'm not delusional, I got lucky. Uh, it's there, yeah, there are things that you can look at, like the earnings reports, and you can say, you know what, this doesn't make sense. Um, it should be worth more. 
but there is no guarantee that it's gonna go it's gonna sure. go up uh, 100% I was gambling and I pay, it paid off so I'm very happy that it paid off but never again I don't, I don't think I would um, mm. somebody recommended Tesla stock to me right before the Model 3 came out and I was probably was that you probably me I think, yeah. <laughs> sitting right next to you yeah we were in Colanta and I remember I was trying to buy it and I realized um, well it was sitting at 210 I remember it was sitting at 210 okay. and we said they're gonna crush today right and maybe their stocks are gonna go to 240 and I think at the beginning of the day it was up at about 215 and then it closed at about 240 but and since then I bought a lot more since mm-hmm. then now it's down to about 200 okay. I had buy orders on it for like 190 because okay. I think it's gonna be a very successful company long term but I yeah and I think you know you have a very good chance of mm-hmm. being correct uh, if anything, more than a 50% of being correct. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, it's still gambling. Well, worst case, we have our own Teslas. That's like another way of owning, <laughs> owning parts <laughs> of the business, right? So I don't recommend, and I do not personally buy individual stocks mm-hmm. anymore, even though I had success. So the very next thing that I, I tried was something called Lending Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why I decided to, to get in on that is I was just asking around, I said, hey, I wonder, you know, I, I had this extra cash. You know, it wasn't that much at the time. It was, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And I said, Interest rates are crazy when you borrow from a bank or, or mm-hmm. a credit card company, you know, 10% to 18 or 24%. I said, I wonder if there's a way I can just be the, the lender. Why can't I be the bank? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I don't want to be a loan shark and go collect money from people, but why isn't there a way where you can just uh, lend money out? And mm-hmm. someone said, yeah, there is. It's called Lending Club. It's a micro loan site. So I thought, okay, you know what, let me give it, give it a shot. So I put $5,000 in and I, actually, no, I'm sorry. I, I started with 2500 mm-hmm. Uh, and I had okay returns, uh, and I'll, I'll kind of go into this in detail, but I ended up finding out that the people that do the best on Lending Club are not the ones that just use their automated service. Mm-hmm. They actually go in and pick and choose who they are lo- right. lending to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that you could do that because they make it a little bit hard. They kind of hide it. Mm-hmm. But you can choose, I only want to lend to people in California, or I don't want to lend to people in California. Uh, I only want to lend to people who are paying off credit card debt, or I only want to uh, lend people who are using it for business. Uh, you can really kind of fine tune who you're lending it to. So why do you think that it, they make it sort of hidden or difficult to be able to do that? Do you think that helps facilitate their loans infrastructure throughout a, a much scalable yeah, environment? Yeah, it, it's uh, if everyone pick, picked and choose, mm-hmm. nobody would lend to right. you know <laughs> uh, restaurants wanting to expand right. in really difficult places like New York. Yeah. And it would just, it would mess their, their, right. their thing up. Uh, so I did, you know, I spent a few days mm-hmm. um, looking through, you know, what are the best loans to give out. And I did that with the next $2,500. Uh, and so in total, I put in $5,000. And today my account value is $5,403. So you've doubled your account. No, because I put in 5000 total now. Okay, you've put 5000 total. So you've, you're up uh, 10%. Um, I guess almost 10%, okay. but that's, it, it's been two years. So my n- adjusted net annualized return is 7.46%. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means they're adjusting it, uh, based on getting rid of all the past due notes. So if I turn that off, what people advertise is that your, my return would be nine point, uh, nine and a half percent, which would be amazing. But what it is, is a lot of people default. Uh, so if I look at my notes at a glance, uh, and you know it's cool that Sam's right next to me because he can kind of just look in my dashboard. Uh, you can you can see that I have two hundred and sixty one notes that are currently issued. Wow! What, what, what that means is I've given out two hundred and sixty one micro loans at twenty five dollars a piece. Uh, <laughs> just crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that's just this type. Of, this is why I think, that, that especially peer to peer lending, mm-hmm. is so fascinating to me because. You could never do this, yeah. even three, four years ago, right? For yeah. the average person, could never go on and make twenty-five dollar loans yeah. in a very systematic, generally maintenance-free way. Yeah. And here you are; you've made hundreds of twenty-five dollar loans yeah. across and, the world. And think right? about it. I mean, like, let's say you're going to loan some money to your coworker, your cousin, your friend. How are you going to keep track of all that? Mm-hmm. But what's nice about Lending Club is it does all that for you. But if we take a look at it, uh, 26 people are fully paid. Uh, so the rest are still paying, you know, slowly paying. Right. Three of them are in grace period, which I assume means it's been past due, but still within 15 days. So, so they're just a little bit late. But then uh, six people are between a month and was it four months past due. And 13 people have completely charged it off. 
And what that means is they're never paying. So do you, is that an emotional thing when you see that, that you see the 13 people aren't paying you back? Does that like keep you up at night or? Yeah, yeah. I guess it, it is pretty annoying, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just clicked in to see who are the people um, that, you know, will never pay me. Uh, and I can see there's what these, these six, these six people here. And three of them are from the first $2,500 I invested and three of them for, for the, hmm. the last. So even though it's a pretty small data set, doesn't seem like me doing my magic uh, and picking and choosing has, has helped at all. So you're making 9% annually, give or take. That's uh, yeah, okay. pretty phenomenal in this day and age when we're talking about a climate of almost, in a lot of places, yeah. negative interest rates yeah. in banks. Um, I know like a lot of my in- fixed income uh, investments like annuities and stuff, they're getting one and a half, two percent 2%. So if you can get 9%, that's pretty put, phenomenal. I would put all of my money in any club right now if I can get 9% yeah. and have it with minimal downsides. The reason why I'm no longer investing any money in Lending Club is because when a stock goes down, so mm-hmm. let's say the U- US economy crashes, which there's a very good chance it might, mm-hmm. when, it, when it goes down, you still own the same amount of shares. Mm-hmm. So if I own uh, 1,000 shares of VTI index fund, I will still own a thousand shares of VTI, even if the U.S. economy completely crashes mm-hmm. and I lose seventy-five percent of my net worth. As long as I hold on to that for long enough, it might be five years, it might be ten years. That, according to history, mm-hmm. and assuming the the world is not going to go into hell, mm-hmm. that money will bounce back, and I will have a thousand shares still. Mm-hmm. With Lending Club, unfortunately, if the U.S. economy crashes my default rate is not going to be you know six people out of 200 it's it might be 200 people out of 250 right and i would i basically just lose all that money and how about when interest rates go up will your returns on this technically go up even though more people might default correct yeah i think that the nice thing is it it automatically uh reinvests and takes on new new rates i think people are in fixed um interest brackets so when you, you know, when you give out loans, uh, you can choose if you want people to, um, you know, like you can you can see what their interest rate is, mm-hmm. and if they are a, so let, for example, I'm looking at some now. If someone is an A-rated buyer, their interest rate is only seven point four nine percent at thirty six months. Right. If someone is an E, which is you know pretty <laughs> bad, uh, they are paying eighteen point eight four percent interest. Wow. So how could you even? <laughs> How could you even sustain a business paying 18% interest? Yeah, That's crazy, it's crazy right? right? Yeah. So, and you said you put in $2,500 to begin with. And then another twenty five. So is that the, is that the minimum or can you, could you start with a thousand dollars? You know, uh, you know what, that I'm not sure. I think tw- at 25, I got some kind of bonus or something. And that, I think that's why I did yeah. that. So, I mean, I think it's a phenomenal thing for anyone to try out and investigate because yeah. I think peer to peer lending is something of the future. I know for sure it's something that all banks are scared about because mm-hmm. that's how banks make money. So this is cutting into them. It's kind of like when we were in electronic cigarettes, all the tobacco companies had their eye on it. And uh, if you can get started with $1,000 or something and you could you could lend only to A-rated buyers, your downside is somewhat minimal. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it gives you exposure and experience in one of these new digital platforms that we're all talking about. So, definitely. I, I, I awesome. definitely don't regret trying it, mm-hmm. uh, especially because you know I, I will make my money back from this. Uh, I am making average of seven and a half percent, even with the defaults. Which is great. Which is yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I, I wish I can get that with all my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, I got to learn and, and play with this system. Yeah. And g- give us an idea of just the type of time and maintenance it took you to, to set it up, make the loans. and. So setting up was super fast. I mean, it was within, within an hour. I think the most time I spent was trying to figure out those, um, you know, the best type of buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least according to my account, that didn't really matter. So if you're if you're investing less than ten thousand dollars, I would not even waste the time to to try to figure out to pick and choose. I would just use the automated just use the automated mm-hmm. system because um, that was a waste of three days of my time. And right. I, don't, I don't recommend. Uh, but so what do I put my money in? Right. So mm-hmm. I'm not buying individual stocks. Uh, I'm not bullish on Lending Club. Uh, I put all my money in Vanguard and. Most of it was because of my buddy, Ed, who he Skyped with me for an hour and he said, look, I'm a dentist. <laughs> I don't, 
I make pretty good money as a dentist, right. but that is not why I'm a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, go on. <laughs> and he said, I've been, I've been making wise investments for the last 10 years. And he said, uh, and this is before I read uh, Money, Master the Game by, mm-hmm. by Tony Robbins mm-hmm. or any, any of those books. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to tell you the most boring thing in the world, but it works. Mm-hmm. He said, put all your money in index funds. Uh, use Vanguard because they have the lowest fees. And if anything, just choose VTI, which is the total index. Right. And I said, okay. So I asked a million questions and he was nice enough to answer them all. I called with uh, my friend JP just to kind of get his uh, idea of it as well. Mm-hmm. And JP said, that is a very prudish investment. He's like, it's very boring, but it'll work. Yeah. So I live in a world where I feel like everyone has heard of Vanguard because of our community. We're always talking about Vanguard. You know, everyone back home that I know is investing in Vanguard. And I had a really interesting call the other day where I was talking to my buddy who's very high up at Barclays in Singapore. And I'm like, yeah, um, what do you think of this fund at at Vanguard? He had never heard of Vanguard, which is crazy, right? Maybe he's just a lazy executive or something. But but so what is Vanguard for the average person who might not be familiar with index investing or, or stocks? So first, uh, our, our weekly disclaimer, uh, neither Sam or I are financial advisors, nor do we want to be. Uh, we're just talking about what we personally put our money in and what we've learned. So if you want to learn more about any of these things, I suggest you guys read some books. Uh, we'll have a list of recommended books. But uh, And if you listen to the last episode, Tony Robbins' Money Master the Game is a pretty good starting point, not to actually follow what he tells you to do, mm-hmm. but to get a big understanding of why mutual funds suck, right. why financial advisors are just trying to take money from you and they don't really care. Definitely a must read for anyone doing any type of mutual fund stock investing, I believe. And in that book, he does mention Vanguard. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, and he says in there, Warren Buffett and all the top dogs, they all say Vanguard is the safest, best way to invest your money. And then they kind of just brush it off because it's so boring to talk about that nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what it is, is it's a big, I guess it's an investment firm that everything is automated. Everything's an index fund, which just means they just follow the entire stock market. And because there's no like brokers or anything like that, the fees are extremely low. Uh, right. Like we're talking 0.1% compared to mutual funds that are often in the single digits, right? Two, 3%. I mean, I looked up some of mine before I fired my broker, I looked at some of the mutual funds they had me in and they were one and a half, two percent. And then I moved the into the almost the exact same funds in Vanguard where it's, you know, it's basically pennies, right? Uh, in comparison. So the huge benefit is that the cost of carrying it are, are almost nothing. Yeah. And if you don't think uh, a few percent is a, is a big deal, mm-hmm. uh, read, read, read the book because he really illustrates how big of a difference that is over 10, 20, 30 years. Especially compounding and... Yeah, because you are losing out, not only are you just paying the fees, you are losing out on money that you could have been earning. Mm -hmm. And it ends up being tens of thousands of dollars. So you have a really interesting Vanguard strategy. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I've sat across from you and and looked at it, Mm -hmm. and it's extremely bullish, right? Which I love. Um, And typical, or investing, knowledge and expertise would say that's exactly what you should be doing you're young you have good passive income streams you should be extremely bullish um so tell us about what your portfolio is and what your strategy is to continue to grow this account okay so so i I have my dashboard open and sam can see that in january 2015 i had zero dollars in my account (laughs) and then i put in my first five thousand and what i've been doing is basically i've been adding uh every month and adding every month. Uh, I chose the, the amount of $3,000 because that was about a third of my, my passive income at the time for my, my businesses. And I had that automatically transferred from my bank account into my Vanguard account. The reason why I used Vanguard, Vanguard directly to buy the stocks and the, the index fund instead of Schaub is you don't have to pay the $8 trading. Fee. Right. And that adds up. Yeah. Especially if you're doing a bunch of smaller orders like $1,000 here, $1,000 there. So what I've been doing is every single month on the exact same day of the month, uh, I put in $3,000 uh, into VTI, which is the index fund that follows the stock market. Mm-hmm. That's international, not just US. So uh, I believe VTI is just the US. Mm-hmm. 
it gives you a little bit of a broader scope than the S&P 500, yeah. which everyone seems to be talking about. Yeah, I, I actually don't. Why? Why does? Why does everyone do uh, the S&P 500 instead of uh, instead of like Dow yeah. Jones or? Um, I don't know that. Actually, I think you know the S&P 500. I think typically is a little bit uh, higher market cap value, uh, so it doesn't take the, the the total of the VTI would take in a lot of the small cap. Yeah. Which you know, depending on market environment, small caps can be extremely risky and volatile. Um, but definitely, when you talk, we go back into money master of the game, we t- and uh, we talk about their recommendations. Yeah. Everyone's talking about the S&P 500 as kind of your anchor of your portfolio and vti i think would be a very comparable if you look at private performance over the last 10 years it'd be pretty comparable yeah so it's very similar to the s&p i just looked it up uh the asset allocation for vti is 98 percent u.s stock right it's almost all u.s uh and but what's inside of it is they break it down by like um different sectors real estate Mm -hmm. financial services energy industrial technology computer defense healthcare utilities uh it's 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 as diversified as you can get for mm-hmm. a U.S.-based um, stock. And here's the thing: is the reason why I don't invest in international um, index funds is because I know that the whole world is connected to the U.S. Anyways, if we go to crap and our our stock market crashes, we're probably gonna bring everyone down with us. And that's honestly the main reason why I I am comfortable just being in uh, in the U.S. And this and the second point to that too is. All of the, if you look at the S&P 500 VTI, for instance, all of these stocks that are the U.S. considered U.S. domestic stocks, they're all international. A lot of these, most of the stocks in the S&P 500 make more than 50 or 60 percent of their inter, uh, of their revenues internationally. Mm-hmm. You look at a company like McDonald's or like Apple. I mean, these are massive international companies that, if the U.S. market goes or if something happens domestically. They still have the majority of the revenues coming overseas. So investing in a v- in VTI or S- or the S and P five hundred very much is an international play. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. So even though the 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 stock, I mean, the actual companies are not overseas companies; mm-hmm. they are international companies. Uh, so I did actually buy a few uh, shares in Vanguard Total International Index stock, that, an ETF. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I bought them is I wanted some some international mm-hmm. stock. But then I looked at the expense ratio, and it's extremely low. It's at um, 0.13%, so way less, like a tenth of a percent. But Vanguard is half of that. Mm-hmm. It's 0.05%. It makes a huge difference long term. Yeah. So I figured, you know what? I'm just going to stick with VTI. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are things that I'm very curious and open-minded to into exploring more, which is why I'm really excited to sit down with some of your big-name players that know a lot more about this. Mm-hmm. And I want to pick people's brains and figure out, should I be buying more international-owned uh, stock? Uh, you know, either uh, VXUS, which is uh, the one I bought from Vanguard, or should I stick with VTI, or should I diversify sure. more? Uh, but I would say what I'm doing right now with just VTI, it's going to be 99 times better than the average person. Uh, and... Maybe I can make it slightly better, but it's already like it's already an A minus. Right. You know? like I, I don't know if it can get that much better. And I think one of the, re- the one of the main reasons that this strategy works for you mm-hmm. is because you have such great passive income and mm-hmm. and you have residual income and you know next month money's coming in. So there is a you can be more aggressive than the, the than the common person who may have a job that. Their companies on the on the brink of maybe doing layoffs or something, they might not be afford to be able to that aggressive. You can be very aggressive, which is awesome. Which I think it, it is really cool the way that you've done this strategy. So uh, go ahead. One of my plans. So you know, if everyone wants to know what is your kind of fallout plan, right? Mm-hmm. U.S. economy goes to crap. The whole world goes to crap. Uh, the whole stock market devalues. My VTI stocks are no longer worth um, you know one hundred and five dollars per share. They're now worth forty dollars a share. What do I do? I have enough cash reserves and I have enough experience living as cheap as possible mm-hmm. where I'm just going to wait it out. And I don't care if it takes two years, three years, five years, 10 years. I'm never going to sell and I will mark my words. I will never sell and lose money. So I will never sell below a hundred dollars. And if I do, you guys can come slap me. Open invitation right there. Yeah. We'll uh, keep an eye on this. You're going to have to send us a monthly report. <laughs> there hasn't been any sales. There you go. So, um, 
what I recommend to every single person, this is what I do personally, is have enough cash reserves where you can live and not have to sell your stocks uh, for at least, I would say at least two or three years. Uh, bare, bare minimum is a year, especially if you have no debt. I have no debt. I, I don't, you know, I don't have a mortgage. I don't have car payments. I don't have credit card debt. I have nothing. I, so if I needed to, tomorrow, I can move into a cheaper apartment here in Chiang Mai, mm-hmm. go back to eating Thai food, and I can live off of 600 bucks a month. And I can do that for the next five right. years, and I'll be okay. Also, because I have businesses and I have entrepreneur skills, I know I can always make money. No, you know, I don't have to worry about getting laid off. So for me personally, I like to have $50,000 cash in the bank just in case for any you know big reasons uh, and everything else I can invest. Right, so obviously something for everybody to keep in mind and evaluate their own situation and how much risk they want to take, how much cash they have, how, you know, how bullish they want to be in the market like you, which I think is awesome. And a great comparison is what uh, a lot of investors since Tony Robbins book came out have put together. It's called the all seasons portfolio. Mm-hmm. This is a portfolio that is kind of one, one color fits or one, one size fits all right. It's, it's been tailored not to anyone's specific income or age. It's just you set it and you forget it. You buy into these stocks and then you turn it off and you don't have to worry about looking at it every day. And I'll just name a couple of the names that were, were interviewed. These are all big time investors, hedge fund guys. Um, there's John Thomas. He runs the, the Mad Hedge Fund Trader. There's David Swenson, Ray Dalio. Of course, Warren Buffett, who actually likes a portfolio much more like yours, like 90% stocks, 10% bonds. Jack Bogle is the CEO and owner of Vanguard. Uh, Charles Schwab, we've already talked about. So these are all like big time investors. And what Tony Robbins did was make a blend of, if you guys could put, could basically give a portfolio to someone who never wanted to worry about it, what would you do? And kind of the blend is something like this. It's about 20% US stocks, 20% international stocks, 20% real estate, which are uh, commonly, uh, in, in terms of trading, is called REITs, real estate investment truck trunks, um, trusts, and 30% bonds. And those are kind of broken down into more levels and stuff. Um, and Johnny is, is essentially 95% US domestic stock yeah. and 5% international stock. So that's a much more aggressive line. And he's, you know, he's got a perfect... Um, work atmosphere and income atmosphere to be able to support that i think yeah so you know if you guys are in my situation you're an entrepreneur you're building businesses you don't have a bunch of debt you can you know you know how to bootstrap Mm -hmm. and you're not afraid to me this is the way that i'm going to be a millionaire faster uh the other the other reason why i have all this cash and reserve uh is so right now uh, just kind of be completely transparent i have a hundred and $35,000 in my Vanguard account. Uh, and currently half of that, uh, well, say 75,000 of that is in uh, in the index funds, most of it in uh, VTI. So I only have a couple thousand, $2,700 in VXUS, but I have $73,000 in VTI. Uh, the reason why I have another, what, 40 or 50K just sitting in a money market account is because I am doing something called dollar cost averaging, where every month I have money transferred into my Vanguard account. The only downside of Vanguard is they don't have a way where you can automatically buy shares on a certain day of the month. Right. You kind of have to do it manually. Mm-hmm. I figured out a workaround for that, um, as well as a way to, to buy more a little bit quicker. And the way that I do that is I set up, set up buy orders. Uh, and what does that mean? That means I'll set up, I'll say, buy $3,000 worth of VTI if it drops below X amount of dollars. Uh, so, you know, currently I have, I think maybe five buy orders. I, I can go into my actual account and take a look. Uh, but I'll set it at buy a bunch at, um, at 104, at 103, at 100, at 99, at um, 95, at 90. Mm-hmm. And that way, if it drops overnight and I'm sleeping, especially because I'm in a different time zone, it'll just buy for me. And these are these are trades you can put in that cost no money. So there's if it's a price you like, there's really no risk in doing it, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like when I first uh, found out about it, I was like, so I can put these orders in that and it costs me nothing to order it. Mm-hmm. And if it never goes to that price, I don't have to pay for exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. And they're like, yeah. 
so yeah, right now I have my limits at 103. Uh, so, so 50 shares at 103. If it drops to 100, to buy another 50 shares. If it drops to 95, to buy 65 shares. And if it drops to 90, to buy 100 shares. And this has happened where I've w woken up on a Monday and I realized um, that my buy orders had kicked in at $99 or something like mm -hmm. that. So I got a bunch in and pretty much overnight, you know, I, I made, I got these shares at a discount. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So I think for Vanguard, it's something that everyone should look into. I'm still surprised like people in finance industry aren't aware of it, but you can set up account for free. It's super simple. You can link it to your bank account. You can do all types of fancy stuff like Johnny does where it automatically pulls money in, set you know limit orders. Or if you just want to buy $100 worth of a, um, an ETF or a fund, some of the funds have minimal investments of a couple thousand dollars, but you can pretty much buy ETFs, which are almost the same. It's, it's basically like a, a stock traded, uh, electronically stock traded fund. Um, you could buy just the minimum couple shares or whatever you want to do. So yeah. it's an account that everyone should take a look at and um, seems to be a staple of a lot of people's investment. Yeah, and another great thing about uh, VTI is they pay dividends. So uh, it looks like every month I get 20 bucks or so in, uh, in dividends. Uh, and that just gets automatically reinvested into, uh, into buying more, more stock. Mm -hmm. uh, so the reason why I have cash in my account, uh, so currently I have quite a bit of cash just sitting around uh, in my account, uh, mainly because I, had, I have just sold uh, my business. Uh, so I got an influx of about $60,000, which I haven't um, invested yet. I just kind of, I've left it there. So right now I have $108,000 just in my checking account. Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have half of that, about 50K, just as a backup. So I'm, I'm looking into where else I can put that that is completely liquid, uh, but maybe we'll earn a little bit more interest than zero. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm gonna keep 50K just as a backup. So one good option you might consider okay. is, um, there's a lot of banks, if you go to like a typical US bank, you're getting paid 0.05% interest. Mm -hmm. I found a couple good online banks. One's called, uh, it was General Electric's bank. Mm -hmm. It was an online bank. It just got acquired by uh, Goldman Sachs. Okay. So it's gsonline, I believe, .com. Okay. They pay 1.1% interest. So it's actually not that bad in today's world. Mm -hmm. um, so if you put 10 grand in there, you know, you get paid out, uh, was that 100, buck, 100 bucks a year or something, mm -hmm. but it's enough to buy you a latte. It's better than, than making zero. Uh, if you have substantially more money, fifty or hundred thousand dollars, nothing to do, you don't know what to do with it. Definitely put it in there. It can link to all of your different bank accounts, so you can move it, ACH, uh, transfer free. So, okay. uh, I would definitely recommend looking into that as an alternative to a money market. Yeah, no, I definitely look into that. Um, you know, I do want to start. I, I do want to put that money aside so I don't even look at it, mm -hmm. and also uh, have some interest. So I will look into that. Uh, so the rest of the money, I actually want to keep liquid as well, uh, at least another 50,000, because mm -hmm. I want to be able to buy a ton of VTI if and maybe when the stock market crashes. Mm -hmm. So if VTI starts plummeting, goes down to 80 or 70 or 60 or maybe even 50, mm -hmm. instead of you know uh, freaking out about it, I can say, yes, everything is on sale, everything's half off, let me go buy as much as I can. I would love to be able to buy at least 50K of VTI at, you know, at $50 a share. Yep. Good for you. And that's, uh, it's the wise words from just about any investor of any generation. And that probably the hardest concept for anyone to take because it's so emotional when stock markets drop, you want to get rid of things instead of be buying things. Yeah. And, and it's crazy. Cause if you just think about it logically, especially right now when everything's going fine, it just makes so much sense. You're buying shares at a discounted price while everyone else is trying to sell it at this, you know, crazy devalued price. Right. Uh, it's the same as if your neighbor, you know, wanted to sell you his house at half price, would you buy it? And the answer is yes, right? Like, why wouldn't I buy that for half price? And it's because maybe because everyone's panicked, you know, you're watching maybe you Fox think you're, News. you're losing your job or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's scary. So. But I think the, the point is to always have enough cushion to get you through tough times. Yeah. And if you want to take it a step above, not only do you, do you want to have cushion, but you want to have extra money to, to make in, moves, to, to make yeah. moves. Yeah. So having cash in your account, making zero, isn't as bad as people think. It's because it gives you the opportunity to do it. Obviously, say sometimes cash is king.
So we talked about Charles Schwab. We talked about Lending Club, which I think is fascinating and something I'm going to look into myself. Vanguard, obviously, is a staple of investment strategy and something that you can kind of, I would say, bet on for a long-term investment strategy um, going into your retirement. And then what else you got going on? So the last thing and the most recent thing that I've invested into is Wealthfront. So Wealthfront is a robo-investor. It's an automatic investment website, basically. Uh, the reason why I chose Wealthfront over Betterment is they seemed... I like their marketing more, their advertising more. I don't know anything about the back end or anything, but Wealthfront seemed a lot more honest with their advertising, which mm-hmm. I liked. Um, the reason why so many financial bloggers recommend Betterment is because they have a better affiliate. So one of my businesses is actually affiliate marketing and I make close to 10 grand a month from affiliate commission. So I'd like affiliate marketing, mm-hmm. but I do it in a very earnest way. My mm-hmm. course is actually called Earnest Affiliate mm-hmm. and I can see through people just trying to make a buck. Uh, Wealthfront has a terrible <laughs> affiliate program. Uh, if you guys use any of our links to sign up for Wealthfront, we get zero dollars. The only thing we get is we are allowed to put more of our own money into Wealthfront. Right. Uh, what they do is they waive, for every person we refer, they waive uh, some of our fees so we can invest more of our own personal money without them charging us fees. It's pretty much nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if anything, it costs us money every time yeah. uh, people sign up through the link because it encourages us to say, well, well, there's no freeze. You know what I mean? Put in more money in Wealthfront. So just to echo the, you, you mentioned better, better, uh, sorry, Betterment mm-hmm. and Wealthfront. Those seem to be the two hot names in the robo-advisory uh, firm right now. And I also looked into these as well. And I, I chose to go with Wealthfront as I know a lot of other people have. I haven't actually tried Betterment, but Wealthfront seems to be the pick among, I'd say, people that we know at least. Yeah, I definitely think so as well. Uh, so what I like about Wealthfront is it gamifies your investments. Mm-hmm. It is like playing World of Warcraft. You log in and you see all these numbers, these graphs, you see like these... It's like, sexy. It's it sexy. is. It's sexy. It's fun. I just downloaded the app on my phone It's too. also sexy because this year has been a lot of green. Yeah. <laughs> it might not be as sexy. I'd, be, I'd like to see what happens in bad times. They might have to do something with a UI to, <laughs> to, to make it look a little more, tra- more attractive. But yeah, yeah but, continue with yours. So uh, I've put in just 10 grand so far. Uh, I'm glad I actually only put in 10 grand because I didn't realize this. They, whatever you put in, they buy right away. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sit in your account and then have another option to like say, okay, how much do you want to buy this month? Mm-hmm. Do you want to set up, um, do you want to buy 3000 this month and 3000 next? Which is what honestly what I thought they were going to do. I thought the money was going to transfer into Wealthfronts, like my main account. And then no. before they yeah. invest it, they would ask me, right. they didn't. So, uh, this would really screw you up if you invest, if you just put in thinking it's going into like a money market, yeah. right? Yeah. Good. Uh, very good point. <laughs> because this is, this is kind of one of the, the major differences. in when we're just discussing Vanguard, if you put Vanguard into like a money market, yeah. it sits there and then you have choices where to allocate it. If you put money into Wealthfront, the money goes straight into a portfolio. You can't change that portfolio. You can slightly alter it depending on your risk tolerance. For instance, they give you a risk tolerance one to 10. I'm an eight. In typical Johnny fashion, he's a, he's a, a, 10, a 10 of, of 10. Yeah. Uh, so that will change the allocation, but it's not like you're going in and you're picking, I want this fund, this fund, emerging markets, developed equities. You're just putting money in an account. They take care of the rest. And that's, that's the beauty of the system is you put money in, you don't have to think about it. You don't go t- tinker with anything. You just put money in, right? Yeah, so I do like that about them. Uh, what I would just advise people is to put in money slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't put in all your money up front because you might just happen to be on a day or a month where the entire market is high. So just like how VTI right now is 105 per share, I want you guys to pull it up. Just you know, Google VTI or VTI index fund and see what it is today. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be higher or lower. I guarantee you, it's not going to be 105. And how do you? So how do you know when to get in? Nobody knows. Uh, historically, you know, I was trying to find what is the best day of the month to mm-hmm. invest in. And I looked it up. Historically, it's on the 19th of each month. So that is my day that I invest money. That's <laughs> right. Hey. But even then. Can't hurt, right? Uh, it, it could hurt. <laughs> but it's, uh, we probably have a slightly better than 50% chance that that is an okay day to invest. Mm. But we really don't know. It could yeah. be any day. They did a big study that was 
historic they always say sell in may buy in october or september one of the two months but historically over the last 50 years if you bought in may and sold in september you're even over the last 50 years right okay. if you did the opposite you beat the market by like threefold because summers are always typically bad for markets and then winters are always i could, I could definitely see that but either way the best thing to do is to dollar cost average right. so what that means is put in the exact same amount every single month on the exact same day regardless if the market is high or low uh and if you want to buy and you want to set up a bunch of buy orders for in case it does drop, yeah, go ahead and do that and have that be kind of extra bonus cash. Uh, if you if you start making more money, so you know, let's say you get a raise at your job, or as an entrepreneur, you start a third dropshipping store, or you you know you have a fourth uh, stream of passive income, and you want to increase your your monthly um, investment from three thousand dollars to four thousand dollars, go ahead and do that, but try to keep everything consistent. So one thing I found really interesting with Wealthfront on that, and it, it's it's uh, we were just talking about Vanguard. Wealthfront invests through the majority of Vanguard funds, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what their the beauty of their service and where where they add value is they when you go into Vanguard, you have to select what funds you like. Instead, with Wealthfront, you take a survey, it takes into your, uh, different uh, demographic variables, income variables, and then it says this is what you should be invested in, and that's it, right? So I wanted to take a look at what it has for you okay. as a recommended portfolio and compare it to mine. So as we already said, I'm a, they have me as an eight on a one to 10, which means I should be, they want me to be aggressive and they, they've allocated me a portfolio. And this portfolio goes through Vanguard funds. Wealthfront just charges, I think it's 0.2% or 0.25% on the assets to manage this. So you don't have to go in and think about it, right? You just put money in Wealthfront, they take care of the rest. So my allocation is, this is an eight on one to 10, it's 35% US stocks, it's 22% foreign stocks, 17% uh, merging markets, 8% dividend stocks, which would be like high, uh, large cap, or maybe even REITs, real estate trust, pay a good dividend, 5% natural resources, and 13% tax exempt bonds. So only 13% bonds. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's aggressive, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's 87% in kind of more risk, uh, risky stuff, right? So what's so, yours? I'm interested for the 10. Yeah. So, so before we get into that, let's talk about how they determined you're mm -hmm. an eight and I'm a 10. Mm -hmm. It's not by looks. <laughs> <laughs> you are aggressive looking. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> it's because they have you answer a survey mm -hmm. and some of the questions are, uh, if you wake up and the stock market has gone down, do you want to sell some of your stocks, all your stocks? Right. Do you want to hold or do you want to buy more? Yes. And they ask a bunch of these questions. Um, do they ask any like related to like your annual income or they ask, mortgage? Um, I'm not sure if they take it into consideration, but you have to put in what your net worth is. Okay. And I believe they also ask for income. But I think it is much more subjective based on the questions that you just asked, how mm -hmm. your, your emotional feelings in different environments that makes sense so for me i answered oh if it's down yeah buy more like oh it's it's like it's crashing like the, my house is on fire yeah buy more <laughs> what would you do with your insurance money if your house burned down buy more i'm just surprised that anyone could get like a 10 out of 10 i would think you could be like i'm a 9.8 but no, no you're just a 10 out of 10 <laughs> like i'm surprised that the ticker even goes that far but so logging into my wealth account i get a pop-up and it says invest your extra cash early and often by repeating a $1,150 monthly deposit, just 10% of your after-tax income can increase your portfolio by more than a million dollars over the next 31 years. Take advantage of this power of compounding by setting up your automatic deposit a day. And it gives you the math. It says $1,150 a month times 31 years multiplied by power of compounding is $1,996,563. So that means- And how many years? in 31 years well, it'll, that'll be that'll be worth like a mcdonald's cheeseburger by that time well you know what by seeing this though i'm like okay uh if i, I can be a millionaire in 31 years just by clicking this green button mm -hmm. i have just clicked it so i'm gonna do a repeating transfer every single month let's do the 19th because i like the 19th right from my bank account every single month and i see this great green graph and i'm just gonna click add it and so it's done so last last month's impulsive moves we're sitting around <laughs> computer and decided we're just gonna buy teslas before the before the release 30 minutes later 
And this month's impulse to move is Johnny's just committed half of his uh, future net wealth to Wealthfront. So Wealthfront will be quite happy with this. Yeah. So they're hearing that uh, live right now. So just added that. <laughs> so uh, I also see that there's these uh, these warnings that pop up, mm-hmm. and these yet these like orange uh, pop ups that say we found one issue to this account, which would cost you two hundred and thirty two thousand six hundred and twelve dollars over thirty years. And you're like, oh my god! So you click it, and it says what it says, and it, it looks like one of those like errors, like something is wrong. It says we found one issue with your account. That can significantly reduce its value over the next three years. That's just cash drag. You have too much money. <laughs> right. Too much cash, right? <laughs> but I mean, who can't pay attention to these, right? Yeah. And this is why I think this company is is growing at the rate it is. Compared to a boring, you know, traditional style brokerage house that's got a nice corner office and doesn't have any type of web interface that's mm. that's modernized right you have this that it's fun to log into and check it out the mm. graphs are beautiful the the ux is great and they have all these these real-time you know feedback loops that tell you what you should be doing yeah. right so i'm not going to click the green button for this one because i purposely have six seventy three thousand dollars in this account for everything we just mentioned i want to have it for my uh, just in case mm-hmm. you know fund also to be able to buy more vti if it goes down uh, and now that I've set up uh, this automatic transfer with Wealthfront, I don't need to do this. So I'm just going to exit out of that. But now let's actually look into my account and see what I get as a 10 uh, aggressiveness. So here we go. Here is. So I just want to compare this to mine. So you have 34% U.S. stocks. Which com- is actually compared 1% to mine. Yeah, it's basically the same as mine. Foreign stocks is 21%, which is basically the same as mine. I bet they give you more emerging market. 28% emerging markets. So that that's the big one. Okay. Is mine 17. Emerging markets is 28 for Johnny, which is basically really high risk, really high return. Those are markets like maybe Cambodia or Vietnam that have huge upsides, but also could potentially stay flat for a very long time. Come on, Vietnam. <laughs> Come on, you buddy. Uh, dividend stocks, 4%. Yeah, so mine's more conservative there. Dividend stocks have less upside. Okay. And municipal bonds. Municipal bonds are, are, are uh, go- great in certain environments because they're tax-free. So any income that you're going to make from that is tax-free, which is, you know, of course, sexy, right? So I guess mine's a li- my municipal bonds are a bit lower. So, you have, so you're, so you're, you're rooting, rooting on Cambodia, uh, Vietnam, and what would be another emerging market? Uh, I don't know. Maybe even all the whole continent of Africa, except yeah, for South Africa, yeah. and maybe even some in South America. All right. Well, seeing this makes me a bit worried, right? But <laughs> at the same time, this actually be- balances my VTI very well because this is only thirty five percent U.S. stocks, which ironically is VTI <laughs> ETF, uh, and the rest of it or half of it is going to be emerging markets and foreign stocks, which I actually kind of wanted anyways because I, you know, I, I don't have anything international uh and then a small amount so 15 percent, it's going to be like dividend stocks natural resources bonds so pretty happy to have this uh mainly because i'm i'm excited to see how this works and they have the tax loss harvesting which you probably know more about right sure yeah um the way that tax loss harvesting works and this is another thing that is beautifully done through their automated system that it would be nearly impossible for a financial broker to do on a daily level because this is this is making lots of trades and it's doing it daily so what happens is when you when you have when you're holding a position let's say you're uh, you're holding a fund that drops they will sell that fund and they will buy a very similar fund so maybe for lack of better examples they buy um, you're holding VTI they swap it for the S&P 500 index if it takes a loss so you're able to write that loss off as a as a uh, for taxable purposes but you get in the same fund so you're not missing the upside when it bounces back so they're doing this uh, depending on how much money you have in Wealthfront. if you have a hundred i think it starts at i want to say a hundred thousand um oh no i think i think it's actually you can get the minimum at fifteen thousand and then you go to the next level at a hundred thousand and then at a million you can go to the next level which is like they're doing these things regularly throughout the day so I know in my account, I've had the account only for three months. It says I've already saved like four or five thousand dollars just in tax loss harvesting. So 
I think accumulated over several years, that can be massive. And it's not something that most people even know about because it's, it's, it, it can really only be done efficiently on an automated level that, that a Wealthfront or another digital platform can do. That definitely makes sense. So it looks like uh, the basic one uh, is just called tax loss harvesting. But if you start investing more than 100K, you get something called direct index um, basic. And then at half a million, you get the plus, and then at a million, you get a, you get a premium. So I guess those are kind of like a more advanced version mm-hmm. of that, of what you just said? Yeah. Okay. Are, are you, how much do you have right now in Wealthfront? I have in the, I think I have about 150,000, and then I'm doing monthly investments of, a th- uh, of 100,000 until it caps at a million. So I, I looked up uh, lump sum, lump sum investing versus dollar cost averaging, which means if you come into money, let's just say you come into a million dollars, are you supposed to invest that into the market all at once or should you invest it over time? And of all the research I found was the smartest thing to do is put it in over time, but only up to an eight month window. Anything after that, because markets tend to rise over time, Mm -hmm. you're taking too much of an upside risk. So I kind of have it going in over the course of a, uh, each month until December, which I think, you know, we're in a political year. It could be a good year, or a bad year. So it's just kind of like buying insurance instead of putting it all in at once. Okay. So your idea is you wanted to put a million dollars into a front, but mm-hmm. you don't want to put it all in once. So you have it set up. So it puts in a hundred thousand uh, over the next each month, each month until December. Okay. And that'll be a new, that'll be a political change in the USA. Uh, and those are typically pretty good years. Okay, so that's nice. Uh, actually, here's a pretty good stat. Over yeah. the course of, of U.S. history, there's never been a uh, an election year that's had a down market. So anytime there's a presidential election in the USA, uh-huh. over the course of history, it's always been a positive year in the market. So we'll see if that trend holds up this year. Okay, yeah, that, that's really smart. I'm, I'm really glad you're doing that. Uh, so I'm try, trying to calculate the fees right now. Um, I think I might be doing this wrong, but it looks like Wealthfront, they charge uh, a 0.025 fee, I believe. Let me take a look at this again. Yeah, it's 0.025. Okay. So what would that be on a million dollars? That would be $2,500. Okay. So, so my, yeah, my math is wrong. Do too many zeros here. Yeah. So it's, it's really, I mean, you're never going to get it for free, right? Yeah. Uh, unless you're putting it, even if you're putting it in Vanguard, you're paying, you're paying fees. Okay. So, but let's just take a typical financial advisor. Yeah. They're going to take 1% mm-hmm. and then they're going to put you in mutual funds that they get kickbacks from. Yep. And those mutual funds are going to have fees, carrying fees of maybe 1% or 2% instead of 0.1%. So again, like I, we continue to reference this book, but Money Master the Game, it's probably the, the best resource for someone that, that's invested in this stuff at any level. I mean, really smart guys read that book and are, are clued into new things. And it also gives resources on how to check different mutual funds that maybe an advisor has you in. And I think it's it's really eye-opening when you see what the fees are of those those funds that you've been promised are. Yeah, so are all those fee. are insane. So yeah. regardless if you're using Wealthfront or VTI or Betterment, you're still a million times better than using an advisor. An advisor. I mean, that's statistically proven, right? No, Almost no advisors over the course of the last... 20 years have even come close to matching the indexes. And that's what pretty much everyone's talking about now. The light's kind of been shed on it over the last year or two. And um, and everyone's kind of making moves into these these index funds and especially these, these low carry cost index funds through Vanguard. Yeah, so just to put it out there, you know, we're not sponsored by Tony Robbins or anything or his book. Um, the reason why we recommend it is it's a very good overview of financial knowledge listen to episode one again to to kind of hear more about that i'm sure there are alternative books Mm -hmm. to money master the game um but they're written a lot longer ago maybe some of them are a little bit too in-depth for for a lot Mm -hmm. of people um which is why we like this book yeah and i would recommend getting it on audible and listening to it at 1.25 or 1.5 speed i mean you can always slow it down or pause it at, at uh at parts there's a lot of it that's just like pump up type stuff you gotta you gotta do this you know typical tony robbins fashion but you'll know when you get to the good parts and um and that keeps it to down to about a 15 hour 15 to 17 hour listen which you can do on a long bus trip or something 
So the other thing I'm gonna check off while we're, while we're live is I have a app on my on my Mac called Momentum. Mm-hmm. It shows me new screensaver every day. Mm-hmm. Gives me it gives me a place to write down my goals mm-hmm. as well as my to do list. And one of my goals uh, that I wrote a long time ago, so maybe six months ago or more, I wanted to write by. You, you can read that up. Oh no, sorry, that not the top one. I didn't get that one yet. Get a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> Still working on that one. Well, the one below that. By July 11th, 2016, I will have net worth of $250,000. So and check it off. I'm checking it off. Congratulations. Right. Thank you very much. All right. Let's do a cheers without whiskey. Okay. Good stuff. Well, well, we'll get you back on the uh, podcast to tell us how you made the first million. I, you know what? <laughs> we should dissect that, right? Man, I'm so excited to, make, yeah. to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Not because I think it's really going to change that much in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you are a multi-millionaire. Mm-hmm. We live in the same building. Mm-hmm. We're drinking the same whiskey. We're pr- pretty much wearing the same clothes. Let's not talk about the clothes we're wearing. Right now. <laughs> we, might, we might lose respect from the audience. Um, we eat at the same restaurants. Mm-hmm. Our lives are not that different. Uh, I think if I had more money, I would just, I would probably do everything the same and I would just scale up my investments more. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would do that much difference. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I want to be a millionaire is I really enjoy sharing my story because right? I really am the American rags to riches story mm-hmm. you know I I wasn't even trying but I literally wrote the book on how to achieve mm-hmm. and for me to have the credibility of saying I have a, I'm a millionaire I have a million dollars people will listen and, you know I would love to go to high schools you know and give seminars and talks and go to colleges community colleges and like just help people mm-hmm. get started because mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm best at you know yeah. That's why I this, you know, we have this podcast now together, my Travel Like a Boss podcast, I've written all those books, I my blog that I spend hours on each day. It's because I like sharing this information. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and I think, that, I mean, it's one of the reasons I've always admired you so much is the transparency. There's a lot of people that will stand up and say, I made $3 million doing this, but to actually sit down and document it monthly mm-hmm. and share, not in any type of bragging sense, to share the steps that anyone can take to get there mm-hmm. and to be transparent about it, I think is incredibly valuable. And I hope that's the same type of stuff that we'll be able to kind of share with uh, the world through this this investment podcast. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it, man. I'm so glad that you, you know, you had this idea of starting this podcast because not only is it fun to talk about this stuff, it first off, it forced me to actually sit down and look at my accounts. Mm-hmm. You know, if it wasn't for us sitting down right now, I never would have signed up to automatically invest into Wealthfront every month. <laughs> I'm partially doing it just because I'm curious on what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I never would have, would have even made this spreadsheet. I just made a spreadsheet right before uh, this and adding up my, my net worth. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was. I just kind of estimated it in my head. And now I, I know to the dollar how much money I have. Good problems to have. And these are things that I, I didn't even know I hit my goal until just today. Yeah. So it's, it's exciting. So I guess we'll go to 7-Eleven and buy another bottle of... Uh... <laughs> nine dollar whiskey to celebrate it's fifteen dollar whiskey buddy it's nice stuff but uh, just for like the audience i think one really th- thing i'm really uh, excited about aside from from interviewing all the people that we know that have unique investment strategies I and mean, if you look at like say your vanguard strategy compared to mine they're completely opposite in a sense um and to be able to dive into everyone's unique circumstances how they've tailored investment strategy to them and then on the other side, to be able to interview people that are extremely detailed and have expertise in one niche. Maybe mm-hmm. it's hedge fund investing, maybe it's annuities, maybe it's uh, commodities and precious metals, uh, properties, um, your buddy David with uh, his Airbnb. There's so many different avenues for making money out there with money mm-hmm. that we're going to go into all those. So no longer are you going to have to think about giving your money to an investor and not having any oversight over it. We're going to find out all the different ways that you can put your money to work. Very cool. So guys, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to know more about uh, Sam and I, you can go to investlikeabosspodcast.com or just actually investlikeabosspodcast.com. Either one will work. And uh, we'll be back next week with more guests. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you want to help us grow our podcast and get this in the hands and the ears of as many people as possible because we genuinely want to share this information. We want to make all of you rich and the rich of you, richer. So <laughs> subscribe to the podcast on iTunes because that's the that's the that's what we're concentrating on right now to grow our podcast. Take a minute to uh, give a review of it on the iTunes store 
if you leave a five-star rating, that really helps us boost uh, our our rating and we really want to get on the new and noteworthy section. If you guys can help us do that, that's going to allow us to reach a lot more people. That's going to allow us to have reasons to fly around the world and meet up with uh, Sam's million millionaire investor friends, with my investor friends, and just really, you know, give the best content possible. So once again, uh, thanks for everyone listening. If you want to find me, uh, you can find me at johnnyfd.com and Sam. I think I'll just be at investaboss.com. <laughs> Investlikeaboss.com. That's yeah. probably the easiest, right? Easy. All right. Cool. See you, everyone. All right. Thanks, guys. Next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.